Doc Manson at Doc Manson DC Matthews at the DC Matthews this is the list Doc Manson at Doc Manson I will trade you uh, Randy Savage aka Bonesaw for Andre the Giant right now well, uh, DC Matthews, at the DC Matthews, you make a very tempting offer. In fact, I think this was an offer you made uh, previously. However, uh, I don't believe that Bonesaw McGraw is a valid gimmick for Randy Savage, as it was never actually performed in an actual wrestling promotion. Uh, therefore, I think I have to sadly uh, deny your trade offer. But I think, okay, first of all, Ignoring the fact that this is the all-time DDT draft, so we can make the rules. I think Bonesaw does fit. I think if you wanted to draft Thunderlips, you have Mr. America, but if you wanted to draft Thunderlips, you could. I don't, I don't think the rules as they currently are written would support this. That's all I'm saying. But I suppose as the commissioner, you can tell me otherwise. I'm going to ask the pool. We have a we have a group DM going. Welcome to the list, anyways, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and just so everybody's aware, we're doing an all time draft with it's it's an alpha. We're we're sort of testing some rules. Um, but you know, if you're kind of confused, if you haven't heard anything about this, if you, maybe you just listen to the list. Uh, just as so you know, there is an expanded DC and Doc Talk universe, uh, the DDTU. And so if you want to know all of what's going on in the DDTU, you have to be listening to both the list and DDT Wrestling. I love that you just break out the DDT universe, a.k.a. DDTU. I've never heard you mention that before. You just just spring it on me two minutes into a show. What a genius idea, the DDTU. Well, just feel, I just felt like people might be sort of in the dark if all they listen to is the list. I have to imagine there are some folks out there who may be like that. I've certainly seen on Twitter there are a number of folks who seem to only, uh, well, I won't say only, but they, they always are talking about how much they like the list. And I have never seen anyone talk about how much they like DDT wrestling. So I'm just going to assume. Well, so here is a question for you. Now, I don't want, you know, we are going to get to the list where we rank everyone's greatest uh, everyone's the greatest wrestlers of all time. But my question to you is, I have two questions. Number one, I don't know. I don't know if we're near a formal announcement, but I have heard whispers. I have heard rumblings that you might be looking into doing podcasts that don't talk about wrestling. Would those also fall under the DDT universe, or would those be a separate entity unto themselves? That's a great question. Um, at the moment, I feel like a separate entity, but there's definitely there's definitely character crossover. I mean, these these other projects that I'm working on certainly Doc Manson is going to appear, as well as some friends of the show that have appeared on various DDT podcasts. So, so maybe it is part of the expanded. Because universe. what I'm I, the, I the main question is: Should we change the title of our podcast feed to the DDT universe <laughs> and DDT wrestling is part of the DDT universe I mean hmm okay you've given me something to think about I've got a crunch on that and while I'm doing that maybe 
we should either talk about the draft or we should talk about the list. Well, I believe it was, I don't remember if it was last week's DDT or last week's um, list that you mentioned that your draft strategy was originally just to take all of my favorite wrestlers. Yes. You have now changed that draft strategy to, do you want to talk about what your draft strategy is? I mean, you could go ahead and spill the beans if you like. From, I, I can't speak for sure, but from I, the I'm looks of sure it. I'm pretty sure I just said what my strategy was in the group chat. So if you've been reading, you've now seen I'm trying my to make interesting radio, Doc, oh. all right? Not everyone oh, that's listening to this is in the group chat. And See, I don't you were behind be the fourth wall. You were keeping kayfabe alive. Meanwhile, I I just I broke right through like like the Kool Aid Man. I have ruined everything. Oh, yeah. I, I apologize. Uh, you are you are drafting alternate wor- versions of everybody. So you've got uh, Shockmaster. You've got the Shark. You've got Isaac Yankum. Um, your next pick, which won't be until round nineteen. Uh, should be Chainsaw Charlie. I'd like to point out that is a missing piece of the puzzle. Mm. I did think about Chainsaw Charlie quite a bit. Now, I will draft Terry Funk with my next pick and then trade him to you for Andre the Giant. My draft strategy, Andre would play a, a, a big piece of that. So I And I mean, I'd like to point out, in the group chat, yeah. uh, I believe Glenn... Uh, Man, Jeremy. All right, we're one to one. Glenn says yes. Jeremy says no. That bone saw counts. See, so. see. We're gonna wait to hear. From... All I'm saying is, if you're gonna start counting people like bone saw, then I don't see any reason why I can't draft Zoya the Destroyer from Netflix's Glow series. Okay, I think I should be able to get Allison Brie on my roster uh, if these are the rules. I am sure you by. would love to get Allison Brie on your roster. I. I would like to get Allison Brie any which way that I can, if that's what you're saying. I mean... All right. uh, Let's go... Oh, first of all, uh, so this is one of those odd things where we're recording this show on the day that the last episode of The List released. So I want to mention Jim Neidhart, but at the same time, we might want to save the actual conversation for DDT Wrestling, which will come out before this episode. Of course. The episode yeah, we record we later will come it. out first. I mean, unless, of course, Jim the Anvil Nightheart comes up as a pick on the list this week, in which case we're going to talk all about it. That would be pretty crazy uh, if it did, and I, I hope so. I went through, I did go through the list a bit over the weekend. I added some names. I was going to add the names from the May Young Classic, the second edition, but since it hasn't aired yet, I felt like it wasn't appropriate to put them on the list. I did add some names. I called it down now that we are drafting, or that some of them are being tag teams. I called the list a little bit. So we're now down to 746 men and 72 women. All right. Well, uh, I guess you might but, need a number then. Well, no, but before we begin, we should update the list. We should redo the top ten, because over the last two weeks, the top uh, ten has undergone a series of changes. I would say a sensational series of changes. Doc Manson, at Doc Manson, please give me the new top ten wrestlers of all time. Number ten, Sensational Sherry. Number nine, Big Van Vader. Number eight, 
Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Seven, the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels. Six, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Number five, the Prize Fighter, Kevin Owens. Four, the Iron Sheik. Three, the bad guy, Scott Hall. Number two, John Cena. And number one, Mr. McMahon. Yes, that's right. Mr. McMahon is the greatest wrestler of all time, at least thus far into the list. I'm watching, uh, I'm, I'm trying to watch a match from every SummerSlam leading up to SummerSlam. <clears throat> and I was such a dork. And I, I was, you. and I was watching um, <laughs> one from, I don't know if it was 07, 08. Mr. McMahon had the short hair. He had already gotten his head shaved. Um, and he had gotten kissed by Mae Young. Mm. And he, he commented, and just the way he moved his head, it, it did. He had a Doc Manson way of kind of just moving his head to make his point. And I was like, wow, we need to do it. If at any point we ever go into video, we need to do a video where Doc Manson is Mr. McMahon. Because I think you could pull it off nicely. All right. Well, I take that as a compliment. Because, again, I think Mr. McMahon is probably one of the, well, at the moment, he is the most entertaining a uh, professional wrestler of all time. Let so. us see if we can get a new greatest wrestler of all time on today's show. It's uh, definitely, I, it's definitely getting more difficult to do. It is, it is. But there are some names out there. Uh, could I have a number, please? Let's start with number five, six, seven. Five, six, seven. Amazing how that just came out like that. 567. 567. I don't know if this this person's going to get there, mainly because I hate him like poison. It's Cheeseburger. Huh. Tell me about Cheeseburger, DC. Uh, Cheeseburger is a Ring of Honor wrestler. He's been a New Japan wrestler. Um, He is this very small... You know, he would struggle to be a cruiserweight. He is listed on Wikipedia. He is five foot eight and one hundred and thirty six pounds. Little guy. All right. Um, but you know, people really do love him. He does t- come out with like a s- cheeseburger plushy sort of thing. Um, he is teamed with Jushin Liger. I- I, I it's I don't understand why I dislike Cheeseburger so much. He is so it's almost kind of like Rey Mysterio, except he doesn't have a lot of the skills that Rey Mysterio possesses, but he looks so small compared to all the other wrestlers. I don't know why I don't like him. I mean, he's kinda like Rey Mysterio, except not talented at all. Maybe that's why, DC. Many people do like him. I do not. It is one of my personal... He is one of my personal... Is he a good wrestler? Like, is he... You said he doesn't have the skills of Rey Mysterio, and quite frankly, not many people do, but, like, is he a solid worker outside of the fact that he's not, you know, a fast-paced, agile luchador? I would say no. When I watched Ring of Honor, and I watched for a bit in the last year or two, um, he spends a lot of time getting beat up. He takes good bumps, I suppose, uh, and then occasionally comes back with some moves. But again, he is so small that when he puts moves on people, it just looks ridiculous. Okay. Uh, but I, I will say he is, he is popular with the fans. I would personally say he is below the Horner line. Um mm. 
That is just even my with the opinion. name. What even, even with a name like Cheeseburger? Is there is there a story behind the Cheeseburger? Why why is this man Cheeseburger? I feel like there could be something there that propels him higher on the list. Well, I'm reading up on it, and actually, you know, uh, his first name was Leech Landa. Uh, But apparently he was in a segment with one Charlie Haas and Charlie Haas was kind of picking on him and called him for some reason Cheeseburger and the name stuck. The fact that Charlie Haas gave him the name makes me actually like him slightly more because I like Charlie Haas. Um, And now I want to actually try to find that segment somewhere because that would be pretty funny. But... um, if he's above the Horner line, he is just above the Horner line. Like Pat Tanaka, the Horner line is currently at 178. Pat Tanaka is at 174. I would say Cheese Pat Tanaka is a much better wrestler than Pat T- uh, than Cheeseburger is. Well, how do you feel about Cheeseburger versus say uh the recently deceased uh Brian Christopher? I like Brian Christopher more, but that's kind of in the ballpark. Um, you know, I, I'm looking at David Flair at 194. I suppose, yeah, 194. Um, he's kind of in that category for me. Again, another wrestler that I just kind of... I would say he's better than David Otunga, though, so I would give him that. But maybe worse than Cameron. Worse than who? I'm sorry. Maybe worse than Cameron? Yeah, let's split the difference there. We'll say... I mean, Cameron was terrible, but she at least had a good match with Oscar. We'll say we'll say one ninety six in between Cameron and David Otunga. If you are a cheeseburger fan and would like to plead his case, we are still a few weeks away from our next reconciliation show. But please feel free to send your emails podcast at ddtwrestling.com and uh, make your case for cheeseburger. I'm going to say I think that a case for cheeseburger would be pretty easy to make because. The fact that we slotted him at 196 below Cameron, I mean, I I don't even know the guy, which is why I'm not fighting for him. But like, I feel like you've got to be pretty pretty low on this list to be below Cameron. So I I, I don't know. This Moving might right be showing my bias, but it is this is one half my show. So uh, until I am convinced otherwise, I think this stands. And in all fairness with Cameron, uh, she was a Funkadactyl and the Funkadactyls, while not necessarily, you know, wrestlers were a very strong sort of comedy act that myself and Mrs. Manson enjoyed quite a bit. So she's got that going for another number, please. 374. 374 brings us to, Eric Bischoff. Ooh. Now, I again, no, I don't think he's going to come anywhere close to the top. Um, but Eric Bischoff wrestled a number of times in WCW and I believe in WWE. He was not above uh, getting his hands dirty. He One of his most famous things was publicly challenging Vince McMahon to a match. Uh you know, going out on TV and trying to get Vince to come to a WCW show or he would go to a WWF show uh, and fight him. Um, So, yeah, you know, and again, we're trying not to uh, consider their outside-the-ring accomplishments, but Eric Bischoff was a big part of the NWO. He was 
I guess I would have to check the times. He might have been a heel authority figure before Vince McMahon would became Mr. McMahon. Again, I'd have to check the times on that. Okay. I see. You're saying he was a heel on WCW. Yes, he joined the NWO fairly early on in in the NWO tenure. So I'm thinking, you know, somewhere in the 90, late 96, early 97 sort of thing. Hmm. Um, well, and Vince McMahon didn't become Mr. McMahon really until almost 98. So just throwing it out there. I will say, um, I, I never watched much WCW, particularly as a kid. So uh, I really came to know Eric Bischoff as the general manager of Raw, which he did, you know, from like 2002 to 2005 or so. And I got to say, man, I think that Eric Bischoff might be the best general manager in the history of general managers of WWE. If you want to talk about an all-time moment, Booker T's doing some backstage interview Eric Bischoff walks by and just says, hey, Booker, how are you? And Booker T says, there on him and does the tell me I didn't just see that. That is an all-time... It was, it was stunning that mm-hmm. Eric Bischoff would show up on WWF television. I, I, just, I loved that character. He's just perfectly smarmy in every mm-hmm. way. You just want to punch he, him in the face. If, if you watched him, you know, his early stuff, because he began as like a backstage interviewer and he did some commentary, he looked like a Ken doll. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And then, um, so yeah, he had that great thing. Again, is he a great wrestler? No. Legit karate skills, legit martial arts background, not a great wrestler, but the character is pretty good. I don't know if it cracks the top ten, but he's close. Yeah, he's definitely close. Um, like I'm gonna say, I'm just, I haven't even looked at this list. I think he's guaranteed top twenty. Um, well, number I, twenty is currently Greg the Hammer Valentine, so I would say yes. Yeah. As much I, as I like Greg Valentine. Hmm. Realistically, I kind of look at I'm I'm looking right now. Just and we can debate this, of course. Number 15 is JBL. JBL is also that kind of heelish character. Different versions, of course. But, you know, I, I would put him probably above Bam Bam at 19. I'd put him above Road Dog at 17. We could debate how much higher we're willing to go. I mean, I honestly would not feel bad. Admittedly, I, I have some reservations, I agree, going above JBL. But if I, if I can just get past JBL for a second, I, I really don't have a problem putting Eric Bischoff above Chavo Guerrero, above Ryan. I would go to, I, I like I would go to 11. Jeff Jarrett. I would go to 11. I'd even put him above the Great Muda. Yeah. Which, you know, the Great Muda was a great character. I just watched an amazing segment on a Monday Nitro from 2000 where he's there and they put him on commentary, except he, the gimmick is he doesn't speak English. So they ask him a question, and he just goes, and he speaks in Japanese, and then at one point he just starts screaming. (laughs) And it was great. But I I could go to 11, right under Sensational Sherry. You could Hmm. definitely make a case for above Roman Reigns. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I like it there. I'm just, 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 now I'm looking at the top 10, just making sure 
I, I don't want I, I don't want to push for him above. Part of me feels like if you're going to be in the top ten now, granted, Mr. McMahon is the greatest wrestler of all time, but Mr. McMahon was a decent wrestler. He was. If you're if you're going to be in the top ten, I think you got to have it in the ring to go with the character. Like all of those wrestlers that we have listed there. Well, here's the thing: if we put him, I agree with that ostensibly, except. The top ten is going to shift downwards. Like, Sensational Sherry is currently in the top ten. Are you going to sit here and tell me she had it in the ring? I mean, maybe yes. she did. She started as a wrestler. Yes. But I don't, I don't remember her ever being in the ring. That doesn't mean that it wasn't there. Well, that's fair. Yes. Okay. All right. I accept I think. I think if you could take, you know, we're doing this all-time draft. If you could take Sensational Sherry in her prime and plop her in the women's division today, plop. she would hold her own. You just like that word. All right. Eric Bischoff, the 11th greatest wrestler slash personality. Again, I really want to say this. I can't think of a single GM that I would rank higher. With possibly one exception. The the mystery one? With the computer? Absolutely. Hornswoggle, yes. Um, (laughs) All right. right. Another number, number, please. is... 183. 183. Oh, this is a good episode, Doc. Okay. The Disco Inferno. That's a fun gimmick, huh? I love disco. Yeah? Not the music, but... You don't like disco? I, I like disco, but I don't love disco. The Disco Inferno, however, he is currently, as I'm watching part of the Filthy Animal Stable, and he is known as Disco, D-I-S-Q-O, and he's from the street. Like Cisco with the thong song? That's fantastic. Uh, I mean, So obviously he was a huge uh, personality in WCW, which I just got finished telling you how much I didn't really watch it. Um, so which is fine. Tell me about Disco Inferno. Um, I will say, I think I saw him wrestle for a bit in... TNA. TNA. Was he Glenn Gilberti at that point? Something like that. Um, You know, Disco Inferno is... It's it's a pretty basic gimmick. And I think that's one of the reasons I like him. He's not necessarily a great wrestler. But that gimmick would have made sense in 1993, WWF, for like six months. And then he would have went away. And it's been now going on maybe three, four years, and he's still there. Mm. He formed a great tag team, the Boogie Knights, with Alex Wright. He was, <clears throat> he is a multiple time champion. You know, in Let me WCW. Ask you a let's let's, Cruiser- let's cut to the uh, the heart of the matter here. Is Disco Inferno the inspiration for the Simpsons character Disco Stew? I would guess not, but, but yeah, you know, he was part of the NWO, albeit goofily, um, you know, he had a gimmick where he was feuding with mobsters at one point. All right. I like Disco Inferno. Uh, is he in the top 20? No. Is he in the top 50? No. But is he in the top 75? Yeah, he might be. I don't know, man. I'm looking at Rosie <coughs> right at uh, 80 there. You're saying Disco Inferno is better than Rosie? I'm saying, well, okay, I suppose that's a similar. They're they're on similar paths there. 
you know, I'm looking at it. Killian Dane is currently at 75. Disco Inferno's career has been longer, but that's for now. And Amish Roadkill was Amish. He sure was. But it's close. So I'm looking, 88 is currently Jason Jordan, 87 is The Revival. Is Disco Inferno better than Jason Jordan? Yeah. Is he better than Revival? Probably not. Is he better than Johnny Ace? No, but then again, I would have The Revival above Johnny Ace. Although Johnny Ace did come out on a skateboard from time to time. Yeah, he did. All right. Yeah. So 88, 88. The 88 to 90 range. Jason Jordan, Aja Kong, Tyler Bate, somewhere in there. Yeah, all right. I would say Disco Inferno. I think so he we'll belongs s- a good 10 spaces above Crazy Steve. I- I'm okay with that. <clears throat> yeah, above Aiden English, above Mark Marrow. I think that's fair. All right, the 88th greatest wrestler of all time, Disco Inferno. I'm going to leave it up to you, Doc, when... You want to switch over to the women's list? Just give me a heads up when that's going to happen. Sure. It's going to be uh, at least after the next pick. And the next pick is number 16 off of the men's list. Ooh, 16. Yeah. Getting low. Shinhiro Otani. All right. Time for that famous catchphrase. I don't know who that is. It's pretty impressive that we made it almost half an hour into the show before we got there. Um, Let's see. Shinhiro Otani is, well, yeah, the very first WCW Cruiserweight champion, defeating Wild Pegasus, also known as Chris Benoit. Amazing. Um, I've only watched watched one or two of uh, Otani's matches when he was in WCW. Um, He was good. He was a nice wrestler, uh, but he wasn't supremely memorable to me in that era. He then went on to have a career that has lasted up until, according to Wikipedia, 2017. He's probably still wrestling. Uh, He's a multiple-time junior heavyweight and junior heavyweight tag champ in New Japan. So, Hmm. you know, clearly he is good. PWI has ranked him as high as 42. So, so we're saying below the Horner line? I would say not. I would say above the Horner line, but again, because just because of lack of exposure to him, I don't know how much higher than well, no, I would go Oh, I'm looking at some, you know, cruiser weights from that I'm familiar with from Lucha Underground. We're looking in the mid one fifties here, Dragon Azteca Junior, Tama, and you know, uh Dante Fox, rather. Uh you know, I mean I could being the first WCW cruiserweight champion does have some some legacy to it. I mean, I could see maybe if if you want to be legitimate here, I mean, I could I could see you saying that there's something to having that legacy ranked above the Luchasaurus at 148. Um, but I don't know how much more. No, because TJP at 143. As much as I don't like TJP, yeah, is but pro- Ted DiBiase is- Jr. at 140. Again, we're finding things that we might need to reconcile at some point. That's the whole point. I'm like, how did how did that happen? Yeah, <laughs> Ted DiBiase. No, like Ted DiBiase Jr. I sort of just gut feeling right here. I'd have We'd to like to point out this. that he was just he was the first person cut in the um, 
all-time draft pool that we're doing, uh, DJ, once he traded Cody Rhodes, just basically said, I don't want Ted DiBiase anymore. <laughs> now somebody can draft him if you want, and I'm going to guess they're not going to. May I add, DJ also tried to trade Ted DiBiase, Ted DiBiase Jr. to me for Ted DiBiase Sr., a trade that I resoundly rebuked. DJ's a youngster. He doesn't know what he's what he's doing. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, I'm putting Shinhiro Otani above Ted Di- Ted DiBiase Jr. at 142, but well below the Singh brothers at 141. Sure. <laughs> All right. In which case, uh, I think our next number will come from the women's list, and I am going to generate that random number, and it is number 48. 48 is great. We were just talking about Charlie Haas. This is his wife, Jackie Gata. Jackie Gata. If I recall, she is involved in what's widely considered one of the worst wrestling matches from Raw of all time. Is that the one with Trish? Yeah. Yes, she is. That's the Trish match. Now, in all fairness, uh, Trish also is not a good wrestler at this point in time. She is awful. Yeah. This this is... I remember watching that match and thinking that she was the worst wrestler I've ever seen. So just to set it up here, this is Bradshaw and Chris Stratus in a tag team match against Jackie Gaeta and Christopher Nowinski. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you haven't seen this match, it's on YouTube. Go find it. Just find it. It really is terrible. Yeah, uh, it's and if you want to find it on WWE Network, July eighth, twenty o two episode of Raw. It's listed on her Wikipedia page. It was a match that Jim Jim Ross couldn't save it. He literally just I think had he to gave kind up of, at some point. I think Jr. <clears throat> might have literally apologized during the match. Yes. He said mercifully, "It's over at the end." Yeah, yeah. And here's the thing. So, as we all know, Trish Stratus went on to be a very good women's wrestler. Now, I know you don't necessarily think she's one of the all-time greats when it comes to her just pure wrestling. But, I mean, I will say I think she made it to where she's pretty... She's 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 in the upper ranks, I think. I will freely admit that when she got to the point where most people think she was really, really good, that was the beginning of if not middle of my lost years. So perhaps as I go back and catch up, I will have a new appreciation for Maybe. Trish Stratus. But that match from that 2002 Raw, really, I was just like, there's no way she can be good. Well, again, the, the, the point I want to make here is while Trish went on to to rectify the situation, to become the wrestler that we hope that she would, Jackie Gata never did. At least that's my recollection. She was always terrible. She wrestled for a while. She was part of the Rico Charlie Haas team. Um, you know, she again, she is married, I believe, still married to Charlie Haas. So make sure that's still true. Yep. Um, but yes, I don't think she would be above the Horner line. In, no. You know, in fact, we could have a discussion. As bad as Cameron was, I don't remember her ever having, with the exception of trying to pin someone upside down, 
<laughs> I don't know if that's his bad. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, she did. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, that Jackie Gaynor match was as bad. She went on to a career in WWE and in TNA, so maybe she deserves to be a little higher than Cameron, but I don't know. Nidia, at 193, was a better wrestler. I agree. I mean, I'm even looking at Marty Bell at 217, well below Cameron. And I, is Marty Bell... Tori at 212 probably should be above Jackie Gaten. Yeah. So either Jackie belongs somewhere in between Tori and Marty Bell. I don't think so. Below Marty Bell? I think this might be the worst women's wrestler of all time. At least as the list for now. Stands. I'm not saying she's at the bottom of this list. I'm not saying Jackie no. Gaeta is worse than DeBaldi's. Um, but maybe below Sally Graziano yeah. from ECW. I could see that. I don't think I really have a strong notion of who anybody is below Sally Graziano. <laughs> All right. But. And there she is, 222. Yeah. Two, two, two. All right. Another number, please. Back to the men's list for number 576. 576. That's funny. We almost had that number earlier. Oh. Um, This is a name you will know, but I don't know if you've ever watched him wrestle. He is the former IWGP heavyweight champion. It is Okada. I have heard the name, but I don't know who that is, really. Uh, You might have seen him in TNA, because a lot of these guys wrestled in TNA once upon a time. Okada, up until um, 2018, was New Japan heavyweight champion, had been for a very long time. Um, I've seen some of his matches. I haven't seen a lot of them. He's hmm, okay. quite good. He's the rainmaker, the gimmick, the look, the robe, the stuff falling from the ceiling is all very good. Although now he's got red hair and he's seemingly interested in balloons. I don't know. His gimmick has changed since losing the title. Um, so what does he make rain? Well, his finisher is called the rainmaker. But like you said, things falling from the ceilings, like... Is he money. setting off the sprinkler? Oh, okay. No, money. money. I see. Okay, all right. The yeah. maker. Um, mm. You know, there are people who will say uh, that he is one of the greatest wrestlers currently. He is one of the greatest wrestlers currently. I don't say that, um, but I haven't seen a lot of his work. However, I will say if, you know, Greg Valentine was number 20 a lot of people would make the case for him to be above that because he, okay. is, a, he well, is a bigger name in Japan. You and in, say a lot of people would make that argument. Would you make that argument? I would make an argument for him to be at number 20. Above Bam Bam. Above Bam but below Bam. Every, but he's very good. He's got a nice, you know, people swear by him. Now, I could go lower and we could wait for a... <clears throat> I would also consider putting him at 23 and breaking up the Bull Nakano-Sasha Banks 
hmm. pairing. Wait, but yours? Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I again, I'm not familiar with Okada. I don't really care to watch New Japan Pro Wrestling. I believe I did see him wrestle for a bit in TNA. Uh, I seem to remember him having some sort of uh, Green Hornet, uh, Kato style yes. gimmick. It was not that great. Um, but I, I, I do know that his his name is spoken with reverence uh, on the internet. So, I mean, I guess if you want to go number twenty with him, I'm okay with it. No, I'm I'm gonna change my thing. I'm gonna say twenty three. Really? And encourage people if somebody wants to make the case. You know, they'll say that the matches he had with Kenny Omega are some of the best ever. I've seen him. I don't think so. Hmm. I'm a little worried that, you know, he's he's a lot of hype, but So, I'm going to say 23, and if somebody thinks he deserves to be higher, podcast at ddtwrestling.com, make a case. All right. Fair enough. Another number, please. Okay, the next number is 721. 721 the Great Kabuki. Hmm. Um, you do know who this is, because yeah. I'm pretty sure he is one of the people that put The Undertaker in the casket way back at that Royal Rumble where he comes out of the ceiling. Hmm. Japanese wrestler... Uh, you know, face paint, very colorful, like uh, headdress sort of thing that he wore to the ring. Um, I am pretty sure I have watched him wrestle, though I can't remember. He must have wrestled for NWA at some point, so I probably did. Hmm. But. I mean, I'm sure I've seen him in the WWF, at least in a Royal Rumble match. Yeah. And again, you remember the Royal Rumble I'm talking about? He gets put in the casket. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is yeah. Then Mar- I I believe I think I read somewhere that it's Marty Jannetty, the the Undertaker that is lifted from the top of the Titan Tron. I believe is Marty Jannetty wearing the Undertaker's clothes. That's great. Um All right. Yeah, one so... WWF match in 94, the Royal Rumble. So, that might be the only one. So, if we don't want to rank him, that is okay. He was the first wrestler to do the mist. So before the great Muda, before Tajiri, great Kabuki was the first person to ah, spit that mist. I'm going to need some documentation face. on that. Okay. I'm reading his Wikipedia page. Ah. It's from the <laughs> WWE Encyclopedia. Oh, all right. Cool. Um... I, I leave it to you, to be honest. I mean, there are people that I know less that you have ranked on this list. So That's true. I'm going to say, I'm just going to put him on the list. He's below Mantar. I would say I so. am going to put him at 121 above Curtis Axel. <laughs> okay. Just off the strength of his mist. Well, at first it was going to be 125 because he was in that match. He was in that segment with The Undertaker. They needed a fake Undertaker. That was Brian Lee. Brian Lee is currently 125. And then I saw Curtis Axel's name and went, no, no. 
you must be above Curtis Axel. <laughs> if only that was true for Hector Garza and everyone else below Curtis Axel. <laughs> um, all right. All right. Yes, yeah, so uh, the next number is number two. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Number two, Rod Price. Rod Price. Well, this episode's taking a turn. <laughs> Rod. I was going to say, we did so well. Price. I don't know who that is. Uh, I believe he is a guitarist, best known for his <laughs> work that. with the rock band Fog Hat. That is. Yeah, okay. Uh, give me another number, because. <laughs> no. The next number is 452. What's going to be sad is one of these days, like, Rod Price is going to have be a fan, and he's going to listen to this show. <laughs> he's going to have been waiting for his name to pop up. Oh, poor guy. Uh, 452, you said? Yeah. Bonesaw is ready. Really? You can look to check my no, work. I believe But it. number 452 is Randy Savage. The Macho Man. Oh, I love the Macho Man. The Macho King. The Macho Madness of my childhood. I was always a big fan of this. I don't know if flamboyant is the right word, per se, but this larger-than-life, very colorful, the sunglasses, the streamers, the hats, the everything. That's not even to speak of of the lovely Miss Elizabeth, who has valeted and escorted him to the ring. Uh, you know, the Macho Man... Would you have ever eaten a Slim Jim if not for Randy Savage? I mean, probably, but he definitely helped. He definitely got that brand into my mouth. I mean... Hmm. Um, yeah. I like Macho you Man know. Randy Savage a whole lot. You gotta think, from, from the 80s, from the Ricky Steamboat match... To winning at WrestleMania 4, the Mega Powers, the Macho King, reuniting with Elizabeth, marrying Elizabeth in the ring, going to WCW, then becoming a, you know, becoming a commentator, going to WCW, continuing to have a career, gaining a whole bunch of muscle mass, <laughs> kind of going crazy, gorgeous George. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say right now he's in the top five. I mean, yeah. Ricky and how Steamboat, much higher? Ricky Steamboat's at number eight. And I love Ricky Steamboat. They had, they had a great match together. But, yes, Macho Man, to me, is definitely above Ricky Steamboat in the all-time uh, the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you got, you got to figure he was a ridiculously good wrestler, crazy athlete, doing all that stuff, jumping over the top rope and just landing on his feet on the floor was insane. Um, and the character was also very good. Yeah, right now I'm looking at number three, above Scott Hall, but maybe below John Cena. And I'm not sure if I believe that. Believe what? That he's below John Cena? He might be above John Cena. Yeah, I mean, again, when I think back to that, you know, silver age of wrestling, back to the nostalgia of my childhood... There are very few people who are in the conversation with the Macho Man, and even fewer above him. Um, I think he's an easy number two on this list. And yeah, like if you wanted to make it, arguments for number one, 
he's one of those people who I feel like has a shot at it, but I will say because of the latter half of his career, I sort of think that argument falls apart. I think you could make a case solely based on the fact that he was such a good in-ring worker. Vince McMahon, as much as that character is good, was not. And let's just talk a for a second in-ring. too about that elbow drop, that finisher. Mm-hmm. Like in a in a world where, you know, a 450 splash and a swanton were pipe dreams, this was the high-flying move of the 80s to me. You know what I mean? Oh, like, he was he was the high flyer. I came off many beds, risers, things like that with the Randy Savage double axe handle. Absolutely. Oh, man. If I had done an elbow, I would have killed somebody. <laughs> but a dub- double axe handle all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I, I could see him at number three. I could see him at number two. And I could see him at number one. Well, I'm telling you right now, he's at least number two. He's better than John Cena. I think so. Is that a generational thing because we grew up with him? I I mean, yes, probably. I'll admit Which that. Which is right fine. Here. It's our list. But, right, it's our list. But the thing is, like when we really start thinking about people who are going to be at the top of the list, and again, I don't know if this is necessarily an argument for Randy Savage or not, there are very few people that I can think of that have a legitimate shot at besting Mr. McMahon. Randy Savage is at least in the conversation. Because you're yeah. right. He was an excellent in-ring worker, and he was an excellent personality. Like, he was just so over the top with those promos, and he had that mm-hmm. such distinct way of talking. And hey, hey, let's not forget the greatest Skyrim mod of all time! <laughs> Having those dragons swoop in. That's, I think, what makes the case. That is the argument that pushes him to number the one. Pop culture? Is he, he became a part of pop culture. The only person that doesn't know, oh yeah, this, this whole thing is cycling around. Yeah. Oh yeah is either the Kool-Aid guy or Randy Savage, unless you're Ricky Steamboat, in which case it's whoa yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Randy Savage became a part, like, with the Slim Jim commercials and being in Spider-Man. People might know who Vince McMahon is, but it's only because he's a wrestler. And he's a a part of wrestling. Vince McMahon is not part of the zeitgeist of pop culture in the way that Randy Savage is. I would agree with that. I mean, certainly with, like, the Slim Jims and stuff like that. Plus Spider-Man. Everybody knows him. He's one of those giant, colorful characters. Bigger than life. I'm shocked he didn't do a movie. You would have thought, in an era where Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper were doing movies, you would have thought he would have done a movie. Yeah. Yeah. He might be number one. I think he is. The work rate, the persona, the talking, the the, 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 transfer, the, the ability to transfer into the mainstream. I'm, I'm, yeah. I like this. Yeah. And, and again, I, we're getting to a point now where... Our top five is really a top five. It's, it's starting to look like one. You know, Roddy Piper is not in the top five greatest wrestlers of all time, according to our list. Ricky Steamboat is in danger of not being in the top ten anymore. Yeah, that won't be much longer. Chavo Guerrero, our first number one, is at 16. Yes. 
Yeah, he's really moved down. All right, uh, I got to call it. We can't. We can't talk no, this. We can't. This episode's got to be done because we have crowned for the second time in three weeks a new greatest wrestler of all time, Doc Manson. This has been a treat. It has. Um, anything else you'd like to say, Doc Manson, before we head out into that glorious evening? Hey, if you want to hear all the rest about the DDTU, go to DDTPod.com <laughs> and listen to all of our shows. And, uh, you know, send us an email. You don't like Randy Savage at the top of this list. You don't like... Uh, Jackie Gata being near the bottom, send us an email, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. And hey, if you like the list and you want to support our wacky oral antics, head on over to patreon.com forward slash ddtwrestling. If you contribute enough, only one person in the world gets an early edition. That's true. Our, our good buddy Glenn, Patreon Glenn, is going to get this before any of you. It's true. He will hear it. At probably, I'll send it to him as soon as I finish it. But you can get early access if you give us the right number of shekels. That's true. That is one of our reward tiers. You do get early access to the list. So if that interests you, hey, check out Patreon. I've had fun. I think Doc's had fun. Hope you have had fun. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. And until we meet again, my friends... The Macho Man Randy Savage is the greatest wrestler of all time.